Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick, and today I have Lori Scott, who is with me. She's one of our team leads here at PDT. And so, Lori, why don't you introduce yourself before I introduce our topic? Well, hi. As Hayden said, my name is Lori Scott. I'm actually a speech-language pathologist assistant with PDT um, and am in the team lead role as well. And for the blue team. For the blue team, yeah, yes. That's, right. that's a very big piece of that. Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, well, our topic today is communication. So in previous podcasts, we've talked about good documentation. We've talked about scheduling, time management, some basic skills of when you first have a job in the therapy world, what you need to succeed. So those are two of the topics we've covered. Today, we're covering good communication, which is vital and I think is under-discussed. So we're going to talk about talking. Good really. Job. That's what we're going to do today. (laughs) So, (laughs) Lori, I think what we need to do first is, like, why? Why do people need to communicate? And I think we've talked about this before, but somewhat of a revelation to me. I'm a speech therapist. You're a speech therapy assistant. But, you know, so we should sort of be like queen bees when it comes to this topic. But I'm not. Um, (laughs) It is, um, why do we talk and why do we communicate? Because if we don't communicate, then people can assume. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've had to learn that the hard way, you know, because sometimes like we've talked about things are perfectly clear in my head, but if I didn't tell anybody, it's not so clear out there. Yeah, assume is the biggest word in that, I think. The assumption is you've said it possibly maybe once already, or you think you've inferred what your intent or what your need is. You think you've communicated well, but you're absolutely right. If you don't know what people are thinking, if you don't talk to them, if you don't ask, if you don't ask questions, assumption could play a very big part in that. Yep. What people don't know, they assume or make up. Absolutely. And also, if you're trying hard at your job, you know, you've got this new job, you're excited about it. If you're a new grad and have the job, or if you've come from someplace else and got a new job, you know, when people start with us, we hire great candidates, new people out of school or people that have been working for a while, and we're excited about what they're going to do. And so we like to, as their supervisor, hear about it. Absolutely. And yes. we train them when they first get started, but we like to know, hey, so how's it going? You know, what you do? You know, we, we know what you're doing, but we'd like to hear from you how it's going, you know, because you put a lot of time, energy, and effort into the individual. And so if they don't tell you and give you feedback about it, then, you know, you start to make up, well, you can assign, well, they're, they're great. They're doing great. And they might be struggling. And how would we know? And we need to know if they are. They need to let us know what's going on with them. Take the initiative sometimes. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, what are the various forms of communication? You and I, Lori, probably should define those, which are phone, in the good old days, yes, pick up the phone and call old. people, which is still my favorite, but anyway, time consuming. And and also, well, email, texting, faxing, written notes, and not even the phone, but just face-to-face. Sometimes still the most critical, the mm-hmm. face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that sometimes just even living in the moment, like you know, no time like the present. If the person's right there and you need to tell them something, that go ahead and do it. Do it. You know? Yes. Okay, so what inappropriate forms of communication or, you know, like posting on Facebook or messaging on Facebook or whatever it is about something related to the job that would be inappropriate. Yes, I don't (laughs) think it's professional. I don't think it belongs in the professional world. There's a time and a place for it, absolutely. And it's a great mode of communication in some ways, but not professionally. I think a Facebook professional to let people know that you're out there, to know that it's a business, just to put 
business information on there as far as contact information and that type of thing to let them know what's going on. But to actually use that as a mode of communication, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. Not so much. Okay, so who do you communicate with? So I think the first, and we sort of touched on this, so let's go there first. Your supervisor, boss, you need to tell them sort of what's going on with you, especially in the first part of a job, really throughout, but in the first part of a job. And I think there's a couple of ways that people communicate with me, Lori, people that I supervise. Sometimes people will just come to me with a problem, but no solution, Right. which is somewhat problematic. If they come to me with a problem, I can give them a solution. But if I don't kind of know what they thought of a solution, I might be given what I think is a great solution, but it might not work at all. Right. You know, so I need to, when they come to me with a problem, I like to have a solution. So if you go to your supervisor or boss with a problem, you need to come to them with, hey, look, here's a problem. Here's what I've done so far. Here's what I need from you. Right. And to have a thought or a solution, here's what I think may be working what may need to happen, but I need some input. I need some feedback. It's a very big part. I think sometimes it's very interesting that you say they come to you with problems too. I have learned as a team lead, and now that I have been in the supervisor role a lot, there's a certain boundary. There's an openness. You have to be open to them, that you have to be approachable, but that can lend to the fact that Sometimes you don't see them putting as much effort into the problem solving and the thinking it through and really bringing you all of the facts and just the problem because she'll just tell me what to do. Yep. So that's a very big communication piece, taking that initiative. That's something you need to communicate to them as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm here and yes, I'm here to help you, Mm -hmm. but bring those facts to me. Give me all of the information so we can make the best decision together what we need to do. Yeah. yeah. Then as a supervisor, you've also learned, hey, wow, this person's got a lot on the ball. I mean, they thought of stuff I didn't even think of. Yes, it's very informative. It does let you know what you're dealing with. And not having a solution every time doesn't mean that they're not the right person, the right fit, and aren't doing a great job. But then that also helps you assess the areas that they're weaker at, have less, and, you know, it, it defines strengths and weaknesses and helps you know where, okay, for these type of situations, I need to provide more feedback and... It it really does. It it lets you know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whenever I work with, you know, I do a lot of maybe consulting kids and different issues and that kind of stuff. And it helps me or even work with parents. It helps me understand like, okay, this is, you know, I was working with a parent. In fact, this specifically last weekend, she said, we were talking about our child and she said, okay, well, here's what I do. She was talking about when her child stutters. Because here's what I do when he stutters. When he stutters, I start, and I, this is not really what I was I wasn't talking to her about this topic in particular because it came out during the conversation. She goes, well, when he starts to stutter, I just stop him, and then I just make a start of sentence all over again. And so I'm like, okay. So that right there, she told me the problem. She told me what her solution was. She wasn't really looking for any input from me. Now, right. I provided it because it's what I do for a living, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it helped me understand, oh, okay, that was what I wanted her to do, you know, but it helped me understand it also we were talking about something completely different and that topic came up pretty quickly in the communication. And so I realized what was stressing her out, you know? So as a supervisor of someone, you know, when they bring you the solution, then you can also hear what the hot button is for them, you know, and sort of, because they usually were starting to try to fix the thing about the problem that's causing them the most stress versus if they just come to you with a problem, you might start to fix an area of it. That's not even the main stressor for them. If somebody comes to you, tells you the copier's broken, also, they've just sort of dumped the problem in your lap, and you're like, well, hmm, that's your problem, not my problem, so 
you got to come to me with a solution because I won't want you to leave with your problem after you come to me with a solution. Exactly. I don't, I don't yes. want you to leave your problem with me. So if you come to me with a problem and a solution, then it's still your problem versus if you come with a problem, then it's my problem. And I already got enough of those. Right. And I, <laughs> and what I gleamed from what you were just doing was the other piece that we haven't gotten to yet. As a supervisor, the communication between the employee and the employer, a key component is listening. Listening mm-hmm. is very much tied into communication. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's important that you know the words and the right verbiage and the right language, but it's very important that you have good listening skills and you do step back a little bit and listen to what's being said. You don't yeah. always need to be the initiator. Introduce yourself sometime. I, we've talked about that a little bit. You just kind of wait a little bit. So, yep. And so, yeah, exactly. The whole listening thing that's been a big area of growth mm-hmm. for me. Yep. Not so good at that part. <laughs> right at the talking part. So who else do you communicate? You communicate with coworkers. A lot of what we said fits into that too. But you know, if to be successful at an organization, part of your job and responsibility is to make things better. You know? So if you're communicating with others in a positive, helpful, contributing kind of way, then you're making your team and overall that place better. Plus you're learning from it. Right. Yeah, it benefits you. So, you know, you can email coworkers and that kind of thing. But I tell you, when I got out of school, I didn't know very much. And I learned the most about how to do treatment, how to work with various professionals, how to do just by listening and talking to other people. And hands-on, yes. Yeah. Experiencing it with them. I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot from like, hey, see a little Joey and he's got this going on. What what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with an OT here at PDT for a while, a long time at one of our contract sites. And I didn't catch on to what she was doing until after she'd been doing it for a while. And now looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was good. But she would, before every like IEP meeting or any kind of meeting coming up with a child, she would always come to me and she would go, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing for the next six months with little Johnny or Susie or whoever it was. And what you thinking about doing? And I didn't realize that basically what she was doing was kind of like a little informal. Now, she wouldn't catch me when I was in the middle of treatment. She'd right. like catch me as I was eating my lunch or, you know, maybe not looking quite so busy. Who knows? Anyway, and she would say, hey, this is what I want to do for the next six months. What do you want to do? And we would spend about, you know, five to seven minutes talking about our treatment plan for the next six months. I've used that when I finally figured out, Dad, she's kind of doing on the fly little like, let's get our mess together, girl. <laughs> she really was. Teamwork and team yeah. building. And, and, and yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it was which good. Which is a big part of communication, yes. And I've used that technique. But she kind of did it on the fly, face-to-face. She was my coworker. She wasn't my supervisor, you know, at the time. I was treating kids and I had a caseload of kids. She was treating kids. She had a caseload of kids. And I was really her supervisor. But in that situation, we were sort of coworkers, oh, you know, because right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were both I was a speech therapist. She was the OT working with the patients. So she would say, hey, you know, what are you going to do with so-and-so? I'm going to do this. And I don't ever know why I started. But she and I collaborated and worked great together. And I really think we created great therapy plans and everything for this child. And when I went into a meeting, I went into a meeting feeling like, okay, definite team, good approach. And I'll see it. And you'll see it now too, Lori, where people will, you know, like a therapist now, if they're Maybe we see our kids who have a variety of needs, PTOT and speech, and they, you know, will take it upon themselves to collaborate and maybe do a co-treatment when it's appropriate or not. I mean, you see that all the time. Yes, yes. So it's not like it has to be supervised or directed. No, absolutely not. It does not have to be initiated. I mean, it's very important 
if we go back to that communication piece with the supervisor, they need to know what's going on, but not to make the decision to make that happen. They're skilled professionals. It's their job to know and to decide what's best for that child. But yes, it's a beautiful thing when they put it together like that. And there's skills and a lot of sort of nuances in communication when you're working with coworkers because, you know, you work with a whole lot of people and I work with a whole lot of people. And whenever you're new and starting at a place, I don't care if you've got 30 years experience, you're the new man on the totem pole. You know, you're new. Definitely. <laughs> and Definitely. so somebody else might have been there for a long time. And so your communication to them, you know, might be very different. And the way you approach it might be very different than somebody who is, you know, doing what I'm trying to say that right. uh, they very different ways to communicate. So I think it's important to sort of size up the situation. And it's kind of what you're saying before, take a look at the whole situation. Assess a little bit. Some communication is not just talking, not just the words that you type into the text, it's really assessing what you're trying to communicate. And I can't say enough about making things better in your communication and work with coworkers and versus the gossip, you know, and gossip is when you tell on something to somebody that's negative and they can't do anything about it to fix the situation, that's gossip versus talking to people in a collaborative I've got a job to get done. I'm trying to do the best job I can making things better. Looking situation. for a solution. Looking yeah. for an act. Yes. Not just complaining. Yes. No. All right. So who else do you communicate with? Parents. Yes. <laughs> Very big part of what we do here at PDT. Mm-hmm. Parent interaction um, at all levels. At all levels. You've got from the admin level, the front desk, just that interaction to therapist. I don't think there's any of us at some point that hasn't had that communication, whether it be hands-on with the therapy or well, tell them what you're doing you with their little person, yep. Yep. the yep. most special person. I mean, they've basically trusted their little most special person to you for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, however long your therapy session is. And so you got to tell them, hey, this is what I'm doing with your most special person. Is this what you want me to do with your most special <laughs> This is what I thought was important to do. So is this your priority? And I think we've worked in the clinic together, Lori, but then we've also done situations where we've provided therapy at you know schools or contract sites you know, where the parents aren't there with us face-to-face every day. And I think... You know, just writing a little blurb home makes all the difference in the whole wide world. Very important. And and many, many, many of them expect it. They welcome it. They want it. They embrace it. They want to know what's going on with that child. And too, and you and I have talked about this, sometimes our therapists can be a little bit intimidated by that too, that communication piece and talking with the parent. But mm-hmm. it's easiest, I think, if they just remember. It's just as easy. They're very natural and very comfortable within their therapy session and doing that therapy for that child. It's the same thing. And sometimes it takes a little bit to teach that and to let them know that. But it's the very same thing. It's just as simple as telling them what you did and taking that time. Even a little tiny note. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have to be note. a lot. doesn't have to be a long, just a little like mm-hmm. sentence, two sentences and just saying, hey, this is what we worked on today and this is what we did. Or you know, even if you just do a little, I've learned this from a lot of the younger therapists that I work with here at PDT where they'll do a short little video of whoever and then you know email it to the parent real fast parents love it they really do that's 10 times better than what i ever could have said yep absolutely you were right there yeah you're right there you know oh wow look what he did oh my gosh that's brilliant you know and that was a good idea (laughs) so i've copied that (laughs) i think that's good and i think just short little text too yeah, I've learned that also from a lot of the younger therapists that I work with. Short little just one-sentence text about, hey, today, I've seen several of the, uh, the younger therapists I work with do this, where they'll send like a short little text home to the parent. Hey, today we worked on so-and-so. He did great with blowing bubbles. I've never seen him, you know, blow bubbles that well before. <laughs> and I've seen him also, talking about the coworker thing, I've seen him text among themselves. Like if you and I are working with a client, just for example, I've seen him text, like, and we're two different disciplines. I've seen him text a discipline who maybe, if they're not doing a co-treat, I've seen him text some little blurps about what the 
patient did or whatever. Yeah, because you have, um, you're right, I've had that experience too, where you don't co-treat every week and and repetitively Mm -hmm. with them, but you have, and you get excited because something good happens. You know that other, that occupational therapist would love to know, hey, guess what happened in speech today? It's exciting. It's rewarding. It's a good morale booster too for the therapist to know, hey, we didn't see it that day, but we're seeing it today. You would love what's going on in here. So yes, it's a good tool. And I'm talking about kids that we're seeing the same company, not an outside. Because, oh, no, 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 no. Because no, we'll no, talk no. about HIPAA in just no, a second. But absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think what happens too is it helps the child progress faster. So if I know what's happened with PT with a patient and I'm doing the speech therapy, then it does overall help the child's therapy progress, help them advance, help them move along faster, meet that therapy plan or goals. And usually if I'm communicating with other disciplines, whether we're doing a co-treat or not, or whether we're just two different disciplines, seeing the same child, same company, it kind of means our plan of care sort of coordinate, you know, because I know, hey, that's what they're doing. And so I've coordinated my speech goals and I figured out what's the most important thing for me to work on with speech. And then I know what the PT is working on. And I'm, of course, they're not the same goals, PT and speech, but we've coordinated Exactly. You know, and so that means the therapy plan in general is moving in the same direction for this child. Mm -hmm. I think that's the part of communication that maybe sometimes people don't realize the importance of what overall it means for the whole child to move forward. Forward. You know, and really all the little tentacles that are from that to help them really what feeds off of that. Fourth person or fourth group. You know, this we would be about a group, yes, it would be a group. group. Big group. That's right. <laughs> and outside professionals or people that are collaterally involved with the child or the family or the, you know, whatever. And, of course, in this situation, we should probably start with saying that before you communicate with anybody about a patient anywhere, you have to have a consent. You know, you have HIPAA guidelines. You have to be aware, and you can't just— Randomly uh, give out information no. or, or talk about any given client. You're absolutely right, yes. Yep. But a lot of our little people, we see them privately, but they're also seen maybe by a different therapist in the schools. Mm-hmm. And so because mm-hmm. of that, we need to, I feel like it's just good patient care to collaborate with that therapist at the schools and say, hey, this is what we're doing privately. So what's going on with you there? Let's get on the same sheet of music. Yep. My experience has been that they are just as we are. They're professionals out there working and working for the best of that child and the good of that child and wanting to do the best they can to make that child be whatever it can be, what the expectations are. And they welcome the input and many times are out there seeking it. Mm -hmm. Um, So they initiate the communication with us as well. It's a two-way street. Absolutely. Lori, can you talk about, this has been a while back, but remember when we were seeing a little patient you and myself, and we brought in an outside vendor because we we're looking at an all-com device, and yes. then you had the therapist from the school there. Yes, remember? I it do. Was a whole I big do collaborative. I do remember that. It was very interesting because when we were bringing in the rep from the company to do the device, you actually, as my supervisor at that time, said, well, maybe we need to contact the school and see what they're thinking, what did they've I? got in place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. um, you did. You Ooh, did. Wow. And when I that. and that's what I mean about they. But when I contacted the speech therapist that was working with this particular child, the reaction and she was just so elated to hear from me because she was at the same spot I was working with him I'm just stumped I don't know where to go but I know there's places we can go with this kiddo we've just got to figure out Mm -hmm. what the next thing is and I told her the work we'd been doing with the device that we'd used that we had there at the office and we wanted to get him one temporarily just to see how he was going to do and she was very open yes I'd love to be there came right over and had lots of good input. All mm-hmm. the things that she was trying, that we were trying, the communication boards, and just, 
yes, he responded for a little while, but then boom, hit that wall, which happens a lot with uh-huh. our kiddos. So, yes, it was awesome. It was a great thing. And now that same little kiddo that you're talking about, I'm no longer seeing him. I passed him on very graciously as I became team lead to another SLP, but he's working on that device and he's making progress and it's it's a beautiful thing. So yes, it's very big piece. It was. And then that vendor was there. So we had two different professionals from two different places and it was great. I mean, everybody collaborated and I learned a ton. It was interesting to hear about his school day because we just saw him privately. Mm -hmm. And so you could hear what some of the challenges were from them from the school day perspective from the school therapist which I hadn't even considered or even thought about and didn't even know they were a problem and right. then I think she heard some stuff from us that Lined validated up. a lot yes, of her stuff but then things she hadn't thought about and then the vendor had a whole different perspective on it because she used those devices all the time and knew how to work the thing great oh and goodness like, oh, yes wow. it was second nature it was that so was awesome good. to witness yes it was great and now he's kind of jumped over that little plateau that wall that you and I had hit and that, that therapist at school hit he kind of moved right. he jumped over it you know and now he's moving forward and I think another good example that I recently had another one of our therapists is working with a client and it's been an ongoing voice client with a voice client you know there's a lot of medical things you need to get checked out uh, and various very issues very much and, so and mm-hmm. the ENT is very involved in that kind of thing and she realized that this patient hadn't been to the ENT in a quite a while you know it was a throat she was an older patient and so this particular therapist was so diligent about making sure that this family got connected with I think the ENT that they had been going to I think it was not in the area anymore I can't remember exactly the circumstances but our therapist here was so diligent about making sure she connected with the pediatrician to get the referral for the family to go to the ENT. And she really sort of just connected all those dots for the family. And I think sometimes just communication outside, that has to be part of our role. We didn't write the referral. We didn't send. We just sort of connected the dots between us, the family, the pediatrician, and the ear, nose, and throat doctor, the well, specialist. It's you know? follow through. It's follow through. It's it's checking in and checking up and consistently to make it happen. Mm-hmm. There's some passion and drive involved in that too, but it's that whole communication thing. It's treating the whole child, just as you said, and that very much includes all of those other professionals that aren't just directly related to the service that we provide. Well, I think it comes down to if you do really care about what you're doing and you want to do a good job, and that's, you know, what you've been hired for, and you're Uh, obviously good at what you do, then that's just what you do. And so some of that communication can take quite a bit, you know, in that example about the little device. And it did take a lot of. Oh, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. No, it didn't. It took a lot of. Even to get all of those people together. Mm hmm. That day at that time and to make it all happen, that it sounds easy to say, oh, we all got together and it was a great thing, but it was work. It yeah. didn't, it, it, it took a lot of schedules. communication and some phone calls and some, yes, yeah. absolutely. Big, big. But it was well worth it because oh, the yes. payoff of that was so, and the same thing for this patient that when we finally got the family connected with the going to the pediatrician to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, a little bit of work on the front end to make all those things happen. But then the payoff is so great and the advances that child can make <laughs> is so good. And you know, it really just communicates which is our why, which is what we do. We're therapists because we like to see children. First and foremost, absolutely. And they make advances, educate parents and help children get better. I think if you communicate, you're going the extra mile, but that's really what you'd want somebody to do for your person. Yep. (laughs) Bring their A game. And, you know, Mm -hmm. good communication is somebody bringing their A game. You know, sometimes it takes a little effort, like what you said, but it's what you'd want somebody to do for your person. It's what you'd expect somebody to do for their person. So it's what we do here. Absolutely, yep. Okay, so Lori, we've talked a little bit about who to communicate with, why you would communicate, various forms of communication, texting, emailing, calling, all that. Now, how you communicate. Like, for example, with my 15-year-old son lately, I've been talking about eye contact, 
boy does not know how to make any eye contact. God knows he's going to kill me. Um, he cannot, <laughs> you know, eye contact, smiling, my problem, not talking too fast. Right. It's funny that you know that I have a 15-year-old son at home as well. Gives great eye contact, but he's a mumbler. Mm. He's a tough And it's like, I know they didn't hear a word you just said. So it's very important that you're speaking in a, not screaming at them, of course, but they need to be able to hear what you're saying. They need to think, yes, you really are talking to them. Yeah. It's a very big piece. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I get that one. But making sure you can be heard, speaking at a correct volume and appropriately. Yes. I think too that in smiling, people can hear in your voice the phone part and, and mm-hmm. that when they don't have that face to face, they can hear that smile, that inflection, that tone. Are you happy about what you're saying? Are you engaged in what you're saying? Or is it, I'm just saying this because I had to call you and say it and I really would rather be doing anything but on this phone with you. I mean, that's poor yeah. communication. You're right. It, it really does matter the how, how you say what you need to say. And yes. I think like with the thing that you're talking about when you're smiling, whether you're talking to somebody face to face or even over the phone, you know, in our business, people are calling here whose children have in the therapy world have some type of issue. I don't know what the issue is. They're calling with all kinds of issues are all over the map, but they're basically needing somebody to help them with their most important person. And so however you're communicating, so if you're communicating after a therapy session, face-to-face, if you're communicating over the phone, that parent wants to know, how are you helping me with my child? You know, and are you excited about it? Are you passionate yes. about it? So I think yes. that smiling over and over the phone, you need to give them the air. You might not know all the answers. And I don't think they're actually, a lot of times, I don't think people are wanting all the answers. They're just wanting to know that you're, so when you are communicating, like the how, you have to have a professional, you don't want to use slang. There has to be a certain amount of professionalism in your in your voice and Good like you point. say, slow yes. it. So that they, you know, look, she might not have all the answers, but she's going to help me or do her best to help me. You know, and I've told people before, I'm not really sure. But I'm going to get it. I'm going to find out. Yeah. I'm going to look into this and we're going to get this figured out. And I'm going to call you back. Yes. I mean, sometimes I'll say, I'll call you back within the hour or I'll call you back by tomorrow or yeah. I'll call you back by the end of the week. I'm going to need to call a couple people, figure this thing out, get some answers, see what I can do to problem solve and then always get back to them. Yeah, you know? I, I have found that timelines are good and they're necessary and they help the situation, but they need to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Within your daily schedule and what yeah. you've got going on, they need to be reasonable, but it does help to give them. Yeah. That's another good communicate. Not just I'll call you back. Yeah, that's no. not a that's not a good way to end that communication. No, absolutely because, not. Yeah, usually, and I've heard you've I've both heard. Well, she says she's gonna call me back, but she never called me back. Exactly. Yes. 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 So it's uh, you need to call back and then just sound like yeah, I've got this. Though you might not have this, or you might not know the answer, <laughs> but you know, communicating. But I'm gonna find out. Confidence. Yes. Yes. And it's also on that same line, it's got to be real and genuine. You know, we're in this because we care about children and helping them get better. And we really want to help parents. We want to give them answers. And so it's real. It is genuine. So I think you need to be honest. If you don't know the answer, there's nothing, like we said before, you don't, you can say that, but if you don't want to make something up. Right. No, absolutely not. And I think that piece for, I know for yourself and myself, it's, it's, uh, it's easy because there is the passion and the drive there and we do care and... We're fortunate to have a really good team here at PDT that I think overall that's what we're dealing Mm -hmm. with. You just have to really stay on top of your game, (laughs) phrase that you used earlier today, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're always conveying that through all those things that you just named. Eye contact, the smile in your voice, the verbiage you're using, all of that. But yes, you're right. Genuine. To let them know that we really care about what we're saying and what we're doing for you and for your child. 
Yeah, you can tell. You know both situations where like, she could give two hoots what I'm needing to tell her about no, right this yeah. minute. It's, it's most of the time very apparent, very mm-hmm. apparent. In some situations, and I've made this mistake a lot. I've had to learn this sometimes the hard way, but I'll go into a communication situation with a parent. And, you know, I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm passionate about helping their child. And I've got a plan. And I'm like, okay, here we go, Miss Joan Jones or whoever it is. And here's what I want to do. Blah, 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 and I just start going. <laughs> and then, and then when I find, and when I come up for air, which is going to be a minute or two, sometimes they're kind of looking at me sort of glazed over, and then they start talking about something totally different, you know. And so I'm thinking, okay, hmm, all right, maybe I should have backed up a step or two and listened to them first before I started talking. Because what they're bringing to the table and what they needed is very different, different. than what you were ready to serve up on that table. Absolutely. But I was genuine. I was making some eye contact, yeah. but I was way, <laughs> all way off course, way <laughs> off face. Yeah. So I think I had that not happens. listened or heard maybe initially or just sized up the situation right right yeah right. <laughs> yeah this goes yeah. back to that listening sometimes we need to listen yeah that goes back to that as doing what we're doing and who we are and the passion and the drive and it's exciting it's an exciting situation that we're in each and every day it really is you can be the best therapist in the world you can be best things since sliced bread but if you come and you're using a lot of slang or, you know, looking down, mumbling, just, or whatever, you know, you're not going to look very intelligent. Yeah, very or long. terminology and, and mm-hmm. words that are a little above, mm-hmm. you know, at where, where the per individual that you're speaking with, you need to kind of speak at their level. That's not a negative. That's Mm-mm. something you really have to consider. We learn a lot of terms. We learn a lot of phrases. We learn a lot of stuff in school, a lot of textbook stuff. And it's very important. It's good knowledge. You have to have it. It defines your skill set in a big way sometimes. But that wording sometimes, you size the up language. Your some. Absolutely. You do, good way to put it, size, size up, up your, your audience. Because yes. how you communicate it, also, we're passionate, we're excited. You want to get across your message. You want to help that child. But if the family's not really understanding for whatever reason, yeah. then just, you know, there's no benefit to what's just transpired. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, no yeah, at yeah. all. No. So I think we've hit the basics. Yes. So <laughs> tried to, made an attempt. <laughs> we did. We gave, we gave it our best. There you go. It That's all we did. We did. It was genuine. We were genuine. <laughs> we didn't use slang or profanity. No, um, uh, okay, <laughs> tried to remain professional. That's right. We did. We smiled. That's we did smile. They so, can't see it, but there was good eye contact. That was good yes. eye contact. It's great. <laughs> Give us ten. So I think that gets us where we need to be with our communication. I think this topic in particular. The more I work and the more I work in a supervisory role, the more important I think this is every day. Oh yes. Yes. Yes, and I think, and I that and, is not an understatement. No. It is, it's crucial. It's, it's probably crucial. the area where I make the most mistakes, where I didn't communicate, you know, enough, correctly, the full story, something. Probably in all, most of my mistakes, and there are a lot can be, can be a lot. <laughs> you could probably bring it back down to communication in a lot of ways. I think that's true for all of us. And the thing to remember is, it's not the majority of the time intentional. Mm-mm. It just really is. You you think mm-hmm. you've done it, but it it's that feedback and that that you need to get it we're human but yeah i think for me i could say the very same thing i do i learn something new every day just talking about communication and the way i communicate and my skill set as a team lead and as a supervisor as a coworker 
as mm-hmm. a therapist, mm-hmm. all of those. It's, and it's not intentional. Important to remember. But I think that's when you've been somewhere for a long time or you're starting someplace new, communication is probably one of the main ways to be successful or to quickly not be successful. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. to be successful. Works both ways. So anyway. But, but keep it positive. I mean, and that's, that's our goal. Keep it positive. Look yeah. at the positive side of it. And that kind of springboards us to our next topic we're going to be discussing um, in a future podcast, which will be developing a therapy plan of care, a good goal plan, Ah. a good roadmap, which you're communicating, hey, this is where I like to go for the next little bit with your person, six months or so. And a big part of that is communicating, you know, the right way about with insurance companies, with parents, with others. So anyway, that's just a little teaser. Little teaser for in the future. What's coming next? (laughs) um, So it'll be coming soon. Anyway, thanks, Lori. Thanks for being here with me. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. It was my pleasure. I I enjoyed it too. I am my favorite thing to do. Talk, you know. (laughs) We're good. We're good at it. We're good at it. All right. Well, um, all right. (laughs) Hopefully, somebody's listening. All right. So, um, anyway, (laughs) really. So, thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of the Working Therapist an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.